Welcome to Achieve Wealth through value-add real estate investing. This is the show where the guru hype is banned and you get direct insights from commercial real estate operators. If you're a passive investor, this show can help you better understand investment opportunities. And if you're an active investor, the lessons from each episode can help you to become more effective in your own deals. This webinar was previously recorded and converted to a listening format. Now, please enjoy this timely and valuable market information from expert commercial real estate investor James Kandasamy and special guests. Hi, this is James Kandasamy from Achieve Investment Group. Today, I have Wayne Courageous, uh, who's living now in Houston. Wayne is one of my students and has been very successful in the past three years. He started uh, with me and now he's doing a lot of crazy stuff uh, that we're going to go through in a while. And I think this podcast is going to be a, a really good podcast if you if you want to know how somebody who's you know from uh, you know like Wayne who has just recently started uh, in real estate and you know able to scale very quickly. At the same time, I want to make sure I want to caution all of you. No matter what we talk here, none of these are easy. It's uh, it's very difficult to do, and you have a lot of a big why. And that's some of the things we want to go through with Wayne on on uh, on uh, his motivation and uh, his persistence. Hey, Wayne, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, James, for having me today. Yeah, yeah. So I was telling you, I mean, I didn't do an interview on Achieve Wealth uh, podcast for some time. I've been on quite a number of podcasts recently, but I didn't do it. Uh, but I really want to do yours because yours, I think your story would inspire a lot of people out there. And I want to make sure that we continue inspiring people, right? Because uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, people who, who were like me, I was, I was in a W2 job. I mean, you, you know, you have probably have a W2 job or you're, you're done W2 job. Right. But, uh, but I want to make sure that, uh, you know, somebody who want to be really successful, uh, in real estate or apartment investing, uh, will be able to hear the story. So why not you tell about yourself some, some things that I, I missed out? Yeah. So, um, I am in the College Station, Houston area. Um, I was born and raised in Austin. Um, real estate investing came early to me in actually high school. Uh, I had a, a family friend or friends whose family was active uh, developers in Austin. So I always had the bug at an early age. Uh, it was something that always really intrigued me. And the Marine Corps, so I joined the Marine Corps in 2003 and bought my first a single family rental while I was in 29 Palms, California. So it was 2000, uh, I guess 2004 timeframe is when I first bought my first real estate investment property. And over the years, so we sold that, or I sold that uh, prior to getting out of the Marine Corps in 2007 and then joined a Fortune 150 commercial real estate company and really uh, on uh, focused a lot on asset management, property management. So it'll be close to 16 years in, in June there. But my passion and really my background has always been on asset management, property management. So I always say it's it's hard to just get a contract or property under contract and then get it to closing as a, another challenge. But after like day one of owning a property, it's a completely different beast. And having the team and the experience is really essential on that. So I enjoy that aspect on the asset management um, piece. And then, you know, we're just continuing trying to find opportunities and, and grow our investors wealth and, and, you know, try to 
get through. I mean, this this time that we are in the in the cycle of real estate is is challenging. We, you know, the interest rates and insurance and property taxes and a lot of capital still trying to compete for for opportunities for returns. So it's 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 been a challenge, but um, fortunately we found success so far. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for giving that. Uh information right so i mean i just don't want to miss out some key points right you have like 33 million right now assets under management we do and uh, and, and wayne is the main gp right mm -hmm. so uh on, on almost all of it or most of it i guess right which is very key right because sometimes people throw this asset under management big numbers but you know you end up you find out that they are very small percentage owner you know it's like buy one dollar google stock they say they claim they own the whole google right there's a lot of people out there like that and and i want to differentiate operators who are who are really doing a lot of asset management work who are finding deals who are executing the business plan and because they are backbone of any deals right as as i always mention and i think that's key so why not we go back to the day we met right so i think uh, i think i think about 3 years ago when we met uh, i think in austin and uh, i think uh, wayne called me for lunch and yep. so where were you on your mindset uh, at that time because you know uh, you heard about multifamily why not why don't you go ahead and talk about that story yeah i think it was definitely a crossroads of you know i very successful in the w2 career I, I was happy i wasn't looking to really leave the w2 more so i just needed to feel like i'm growing our wealth um through a diversified means right so in commercial real estate i had been working with clients on their assets and making them very successful and their investors successful and I was sort of having a come to Jesus moment, like, hey, none of this stuff is like rocket science. Like this is, I mean, it's hard work and you've got to be financial ethical and, and, you know, go through the business plan, et cetera. But this is stuff I could be doing. And then I sort of dug in. I'm like, okay, do I leave my W-2? Do I go into real estate investing full on? And the truth is I was still enjoying, you know, my time with uh, the company I was working for. So but I also didn't want to invest in office retail, you know, one, because that competed with my day job, but two, I saw the ups and downs in those uh, property life cycles. And, and one day it just hit me like, why am I not looking at apartments? And honestly, nobody had told me about apartments. I, you know, I just was like, why am I not looking at apartments? I'd done single family. And then, you know, I did some Googling search, trying to find a mentor in Austin. That's where I found you. We did lunch. Um, but that's what really stemmed off. I mean, like, again, real estate's always been in my blood. Um, it's it's who I am. Everywhere I go, I'm looking at real estate. I'm thinking of real estate. It's just, you know, I don't know if it's a sickness or what, but it's just real estate is what I love. Um, but that moment in 2019 where I was like, okay, well, this is what I'm going to be doing. I need to, you know, now get a mentor uh, who's who's already done that process. And I'll say like, yeah, we've done 33 million assets under management. We have partnered with other people like it, there are partnerships are, you know, key and important to growth. But for the first two years, like I didn't buy anything like it was during COVID. You know, there was a lot of learning, a lot of underwriting. I mean, you know, like I would come to you all the time looking at deals and, you know, they weren't penciling out or there was risk in it. And looking back, I'm grateful. Right. Because some of those deals were bridge loans and we probably wouldn't have been talking about rate caps back then. 
right? right so right. what what position would we be in today if, if we had gone on doing some of those? Um, on the flip side, it gave a good foundation. So in 2022, you know, the first property we, we bought was um, Gallery Apartments, which is now Ivy at, at the Galleria. And we can dig in on that for sure much more deeper. But that took, what, about a year and a half? Year and a half, yeah. Because that was truly off market. That wasn't through a broker. And we can talk how we came, you know, found all that. But um, that was our first deal. And then we had another opportunity with a partner um, on another uh, apartment complex in Houston. Um, and then I participated in a build to rent in Lafayette, Louisiana, that we're, we're building out single family homes. Uh, there's gonna be 98 homes, but we treat it like a multifamily. And then we have a, a, a storage RV boat storage in Huntsville, Alabama. So there's a lot of ground to cover, but um, mm. it, it, 2022 was a very good year, very active year, but it was successful in my view because of the work and the time and the effort in the first two years of our company. Yeah. So I think that's that's the key thing, right? The first deal is always the hardest. Check out James's free audio book. It's the audio version of his best-selling book on passive investing. You can get the audio book completely free along with other valuable resources by visiting www.achieveinvestmentgroup.com forward slash free audiobook. Also, be sure to join our Facebook group too. To find it, just do a Facebook search for Multifamily Investors Group. Thanks for listening. Right, and I remember when we first met, uh, you know, you were skeptical. You say, this is James. I mean, uh, I'm not sure where did you find about me? I think maybe in one of the meetups, right? So, mm -hmm. um, but for me, I come across a lot of students who, uh, who want to be like, like me, right? Uh, and that's okay. I mean, you want to see somebody successful, uh, you know, he, he looked normal, right? <laughs> he talks like me. I mean, he walks like me and why not, right? Why not I be like him, right? And I always have the same feeling whenever I, I look at someone else and it's always about um, mindset and getting the right path, right? So so I remember when you asked me how to be successful in this, I said, well, do like what I will tell you to do, <laughs> right? right? So, and, and uh, which is basically, you know, a, a you know, it's all laid out in my cause. I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, talk about the cause. I'm not talking about any mentor, right? But sometimes, you know, there's things that someone will tell you, 95% of the people will never follow, right? Because it's hard work, right? Remember, I've told you, right? Do this, do off-market search, right? And do uh, text blasting, do phone call, cold calling. And, and, uh, I mean, did you do each one of those in the first two years? <laughs> Every, everything that you, and you're right. During lunch, I remember you saying that, you know, I could show you the way, but then most people aren't going to actually do it, right? Yeah. But I, I knew I would actually do it. One, because I'm investing the time and the money into it. But one, I really wanted to, mm -hmm. to, to achieve um, success in real estate investing. But um, yeah, I mean, in, in the course, it talked a lot about, setting a brand and one the first uh slide of, i mean it's been a while but you know mindset right doing a vision board what's your why etc mm -hmm. then building the brand building um sort of that pipeline of investors and then you know obviously uh focusing on on product trying to find opportunities so we did the off-market search um through that i mean um it was a lot of you know, pulling a report from CoStar of, yeah. of properties that I was targeting. 
Yeah. And what, then, are, what are the methods of off-market that you tried? I mean, why not we? Yeah. Yeah. So from an off-market standpoint, I mean, I had co I had a CoStar subscription. I was looking for 1970s and newer, uh, 100 plus units and uh, in certain markets. Like I say that Austin, San Antonio and Houston were the, you know, are the primary uh, cities really just because we know we live in those cities. We know uh, those areas really well. Um, and then we use the VA, you know, to search, uh, try to find true owners, right? So and how did you do that? Was that like a text blasting, cold calling? Uh... Well, that all happened. Uh, but before all that, we went to the tax appraisal district website to find the LLC. Good. So, you know, once we come up with the LLC or the addresses, you know, we go to the HCAD, for example, Houston uh, or Harris County appraisal district website, there's Travis County, there's Every county has their own appraisal district. And we try to find the true owner. So behind that address, there's an ownership, right? So how then, long did you spend doing that? I mean, how many? I months? mean, that would probably, that alone uh, for Austin, San Antonio, Houston, probably took three to four months mm -hmm. uh, because not only did we find the recorded owner because every, everybody wants to shield themselves as like the true owner. Then mm -hmm. we had to go to the Secretary of State, of, you know, Texas website to find out who the true owner. And a lot of those true owners, uh, or shielded by attorneys or, you know, CSE, et cetera. So anyway, for the most part, we were able to get decent amount of information. And then we, uh, I signed up for like this been verified course where we tried to find, um, you know, cell numbers. Yes. And, and then we, and then we got the cell numbers. We put those into a, uh, text blast system. I used textedly at the time. And then we send messages and calls and, and we still do that. I mean, it's nothing. Um, I mean, we, I have a, a, a partner, uh, um, uh, someone on our team who is, who's calling every single day. So James, you might get a call. You're on the list. Yeah, actually, I got a call. That's how I know you're really doing it. Yeah, I'm still <laughs> doing you? it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm still doing it. And I didn't tell him that you and I knew. And oh, there was someone else who called and was like, hey, we got a call. No, I still believe in it. It's a much slower process. There's and no it always has to be updated. Transactions happen all the time. Yeah. But all that led to a relationship with a doctor at a Los Angeles who owned gallery apartments. And he owned gallery apartments since uh, 2007. And, um, and it really was just building a relationship and we went back and forth, um, on over the years, over the year and a half of, of pricing and way it look, would look, um, sadly, uh, he had a heart attack, but so for about a, you know, six months or so, we didn't really talk real estate. It was just me genuinely asking how he was doing. Right. Uh, and he wasn't in the mind to sell mindset to sell, but when he was recovering, um, I called and asked, you know, hey, you, you still interested? Hmm. Are you interested in selling? And so he's like, yeah, I'm going to Houston uh, this weekend. So we met and I had an LOI already. And I was like, hey, let's sign it. And he signed it. And, you know, that was in April. Um, we closed in August. It was a long closing. But if you remember in 2022, the banking, the interest rates, and like things started shaking up, right? And so, so it almost took two years to come to that stage where you... It came to two years to come to that stage. It, it absolutely did. Um, now, the next deal was a lot faster. It was through a broker, you know, and it, it was, uh, you know, those are a lot faster when you go through the broker, right? Because yeah. you have a seller who's ready to sell. The off market, you're planting the seeds and right. building a relationship. So... But, but, the, but, but don't you think the second deal came quicker because you already done a deal it came quicker because i had a deal but i also had the team to execute okay. on the deal 
So uh, same, yeah. So same team uh, that we did the, uh, what I call the Ivy, formerly the gallery apartments. We renamed it, branded it Ivy at the Galleria. But uh, we uh, bought the next deal together. And that one was a 1030, we had, we had a 1031 investor who uh, took the full capital stack on that. But finding the property and, and again, just the partnership and the team um, what was key. This, this is truly a team sport. I came in the mindset of like, hey, I'm gonna do it all. I'm gonna try mm-hmm. to find the deal, raise all the capital, et cetera. And you, you, your pride goes pretty quick when you, I mean, James, it was that time in San Antonio where like it was 172 units. It was an incredible location, hit, hit the returns. We had it under LOI and then, you know, raising the capital was, you know, a challenge, right? And so we, you know, but ultimately, you know, the, the success story is still yet to come. Like there are, there's so much more work and, um, and effort along this. It's not anybody who's going to be an active investor truly needs to do it for the right reasons and not like, this is not a get rich quick thing. Like this is a long-term, you know, take care of your investors first, always, and then you'll be rewarded, you know, at the end, you know? And so, that's the mindset I've taken and, 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 you know, what I will continue doing. Yeah. For it's a slow process, right? So, I mean, I also don't rush to buy deals all the time. I mean, I've seen, I've seen a lot of sponsors who come newly into the market. You know, they're able to raise the money using like 10 GPs you know, under them. And they think that, wow, I'm good, right? I'm good. Now I can go and buy every month. I can go and buy deals, right? And so, but they forgot that they have to really asset manage the deal very well to really make sure it makes money. Asset management is where you make the money and, and at the same time, you have to buy it right. If you're not buying it right, like during like this time, right, it's going to be hard, right? Because right. You, know, you bought it at very high leverage or very high price. Now price have came down. So you're underwater, right? There's a lot of sponsors underwater right now. Right. So, so coming back to the first deal, the gallery, the gallery apartment. I remember when you sent to me, I said, wow, this, this property looks good. I mean, uh, and the price at that time um, looks good. I know price um was was low at that time and and i think the seller was not motivated right but you know, i remember it just keep on you know it's just relationship building when you do off market it's relationship with the seller uh, uh, i think I, I wasn't on a call with you as well and i can't remember i think i talked to him somewhere some some other time he said he really likes you i want to give you a chance so that's so there are sellers out there who will be attuned with you who want to mm-hmm. sell the deal to you right they, they don't care about the price Right. I mean, yeah, price, I mean, you can go and give it to the market and determine it, but there are sellers uh, who will be, who, there's a reason why they're selling it to you. Right? right. So keep in mind, when I bought my first 45 units, I did off market as well, like tax blasting. Right. And, and there was, a, there was an agent who's a seller's friend. I mean, the agent, they all are land bankers, land, land guys. And they were on a call with me on a first call with me. And the seller was telling the agent, actually, I'm not sure why am I talking to this guy? <laughs> Until now, I remember that. So there's a reason why they're selling it to us, right? I mean, it's just, I mean, I think nature or God or somebody is is, uh, is rewarding you for all the hard work that you're doing. 100%. Right? What well, so, I tell our, the, the gentleman who called you, it just takes one deal. You know, we have, we he called hundreds of people, right? right. And right. a lot of wrong numbers. And, right. but it just takes one, one deal, um, you know, for our investors that, you know, it, it's worth it. So um, it's harder though, James, I feel like too, because multifamily has gotten a lot more popular than when you first started 
you know, correct, correct, right? correct, yeah. mm-hmm. and now it's like the mom and pops. That's what I was looking for, for all those, mm-hmm. you know, the years like. Check out James's free audio book. It's the audio version of his best-selling book on passive investing. You can get the audio book completely free along with other valuable resources by visiting www.achieveinvestmentgroup.com forward slash free audiobook. Also, be sure to join our Facebook group too. To find it, just do a Facebook search for Multifamily Investors Group. Thanks for listening. Mom and Pops owns his multifamilies, ready to sell, build a relationship. These owners are a lot more sophisticated now and, they, and they've got a relationship with brokers. And so it's even harder, in my opinion, now to yeah, buy properties got, because you've got bigger units, right? You've got, you got bigger units, but you also need to take care of the brokers who are taking care of you for the future deal right. flow. So right. I respect all that, but I mean, there are uh, there are cases where people do want to sell off market, and and that's great. Um, but also, you know, deal flow for us comes to brokers off market, but again, back to relationships. So. Mm-hmm. Joining these conferences and masterminds and um, coaching programs, it's all about relationships and partnerships. And you know, we we do enjoy the asset management piece, but we can also raise capital too. So it makes us a stronger partner um, going in. But could I have said that three years ago? No. I mean, we could do the you know work on that help on the asset management, but raising capital would have been a challenge for us. So we're getting to a point where you know it's even more attractive to partner with CREI partners because we can truly be a valuable general partner in, in the relationship. Um, now I'll tell you on this, on the Ivy or the gallery apartments, we, we bought, um, you know, at a higher price than what we did, what he initially wanted, you know, at the time, you know, late 2021, early 2022 markets were, uh, very favorable to sellers, right? Um, later on that interest rates and we we went we probably shaved off a million uh, during that four or five months of closing uh, because of interest rates but one of the things that i'm really keen on is one underwriting conservatively but also making sure we have reserves we bought a rate cap at 2.75 i think we spent three hundred and eighty thousand dollars on a rate cap back in you know that was august i mean it was but it, it was important for us to buy that 2.75 rate cap because at night today I'm sleeping good at night. I'm not worried about 10% in, you know interest rates or 9% because you know you got your you know base plus sofer um for these bridge. So the other thing is is it was important for me on the debt side and I think you know for those listening the debt is extremely important to get right. Mm-hmm. And for the debt piece there's a lot of bridge that you have to sell in year 2 or you have one or two years to do it. Well we ha- we got a 3 year bridge loan with two one-year extensions. So in my mind, we have a five-year loan, you know, potentially. So yeah, you're, this last year from a rate standpoint has gone up and it's hurt a lot of sponsors. Uh, it, one, it hasn't hurt us because we underwrote at the max cap or the rate. Um, so we are where we are on the performa. But two, three years from now, you know, we can make those adjustments or we can refinance, right, to... Um, to, to agency debt. So I think that's just another important thing. It's like, yeah, you, you can get the deal, but how you formulate and get the team together. That seller um, who I view as a friend, uh, I mean, he invested a million dollars into the deal. 
Yeah. So that was and, creative financing, right? Because now yeah, you get creative finance. It was a challenging market time to get in. We got a, had a 1031 investor. The mm. seller believed in what we were doing and our business plan. He invested. He's invested in two other deals since then. Oh, um, really? He has become yeah. your investor now. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's become an investor. And, um, but because he knows that I'll take care of it. Like, I genuinely, like, the fiduciary that I have with my investors, um, it just, it, I just really, really care. Um, yeah, as, as, as you should, as a syndicator sponsor does. But, mm. um, no, um, it's it's been really great honor for him to reinvest. But that was that was a deal, and, and it's been challenging. We went through three property managers. We've owned it eight months. Mm. Um, we've evicted about twenty percent of the tenants. Uh, we have five left. Uh, we've spent probably about one point two million so far. Um, but the night the way we bought it and the way it is today, completely different. The roofs have been recoded. One hundred percent of the way has increased. So we've uh, increased from our average rental rate, 250 to $300. And the renewals are uh, close to 150 bucks um, per renewal. Now we dipped in the low 70% occupancy, right? And so, but we had to, we had a clean house. Like it was a, it was a mess. We were now at 85%. In the last month, uh, we've gone up 12% on our occupancy. And, but all that is because we've come in and repositioned. One thing I didn't really think about, James, when we bought the property, it, it's, yeah, you have the physical deterioration of the property that you, you know, during due diligence that you've got to fix, right? Because mm -hmm. you've done your due diligence. Correct. But the thing I didn't really think about, which um, you learn from, is the perception that property has in the market. That mm -hmm. property was known as a second, third, fourth chance deal property. Got it. Okay. Anybody could go and get a lease at that property. They dealt with a group done deal. And, you know, it's like, this guy will sign for this guy. So we had a bunch of criminals and bad. I mean, it was bad. Like it was horrible. Um, and working with locators and the people around to change that perception, getting our Google ratings up, you know, all that, it's just a lot of work. So we talked about asset management. Hmm. It's just extremely key, uh, especially during the first six to eight months of a deep value add that that is day-to-day -day focus on the asset manager so was that but that was in a really good location by right? the gallery 100 yeah absolutely it's a great and that's why we loved it and that's why you know we try to buy properties that are in you know great locations right so that was the galleria submarket of houston um and there were case studies of properties nearby that were achieving rents and what i told our investors and and why we were achieving the 250 300 rent bumps it's not that we're above market we're just trying to get to market. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the place you want to be, right? Is like you want to be in a place where I don't, I don't necessarily want to buy the prettiest, best property that's already stabilized, that's mm -hmm. already achieving the top of market. You know, it's important for us to do a comp survey and, and find a property that, you know, we can we can do these renovations, but we have case studies to back us up that we can achieve the the rents and and the increases where we can hey we talk a lot about revenues too and it's like you know people <clears throat> like my wife does not like what i do she's a therapist she <laughs> would do free housing for everybody she loves i mean it just she's a i mean that's who she is um but it's not all about rental rates either expenses i mean we looked at like landscaping and um you know services that you know are monthly reoccurring expenses but like where can we trim right and what can we do to 
go out to bid and, and still have quality services, but make sure we're getting the best pricing. We went, as an example, $1,700 a month on landscaping down to $1,100, you know, $600 saving and a five and a half cap rate. Like that's, you know, pretty good value add to the property just on one contract. Our uh, trash uh, went from um, $1,400 a month to $700 a month uh, mm -hmm. just by changing the provider. So, I mean, there's certain things when there's mismanagement, you go in and you, and you try to find ways to still maintain, you know, good services or higher, but, you know, re reduce expenses, just as important as raising revenue. Yeah. Yeah. I think key thing is, I mean, you, so the thing is, even for my first deal, I mean, people always ask me, we made like 300% in four years, but people say, did you buy it cheap? I said, no, I bought it at market, right? Mm -hmm. Because the previous seller the, or the seller who sold to me, he was managing it at that cap rate and that was the market cap rate. But if that deal would have gone to a broker, broker would say, oh, I'm not going to sell you at this cap rate. This has a lot of upside. Why not you pay for the upside up, up front or give it half? But since you're buying direct from the seller, he's going to sell it at the market cap rate, right? So right. imagine if that has gone to the broker, they're going to ask you to you know, pay for that upside up front, right? So now right. you are going in and putting in your hard work to realize all that upside. So, so you got it at a, at a, at a market price, we, but with a lot of upside. Right. And that kind of deal is hard to find the past, you know, 10 years, right? A lot of times, once it goes to brokers, they're going to bump up the price. They're going to send you unreasonable. And, you know, you'll be like buying a deep value at deal at a cash flowing cap rate. Right? So, Absolutely. Well, I mean, they have their commission that they've got to be paid. Right. And I like, I love brokers. They, they're a great source of uh, opportunities and, um, and market knowledge. Like when I go look at properties, if it's off market, you know, I can reach out to one of our broker relationships and they can help provide some guidance on what other properties sold for, or et cetera. So mm. that, it's really important to maintain those relationships. But yeah, um, but I'll tell you too, during when we went through that process, like it took a April, April, May, June, July. So five months to close that property. But three months of that wasn't because of us. It was because the lender didn't have... Um, it's not that they didn't have a capital, but their uh, their bent or their capacity to lend. Thank you. Yeah, the capacity. They were yeah, like, well, we can't we we can't close until I think it was July, yeah. and then it got pushed to August. I think twenty twenty one, right? That was the time where every lender was having the, trouble. Right? Yeah, the, for us it was twenty. Yeah, twenty twenty two for us it was like, like oh, April twenty twenty two, and but you know, but a lot of the bridge debt lenders were also getting out and not doing oh, yeah. more bridge so that was the time the rates were going up and everybody got yeah it was starting everything was going up and then that's why we spent so much on our rate cap but it was important for us to and that wasn't initially budgeted either right that rate cap yeah because again it was, i mean we we were planning on doing a rate cap but not to an extent of 380 some thousand dollars so mm -hmm. um but going back to the relationship with the owner i was just transparent like you know, and, and he trusted me and I, you know, trust, like we just had the conversation like, hey, this is what's going on in the market. This is where we're at. And um, and we were able to have those relationships, uh, or have those conversations on why it's taking a little longer to sell. Um, so it, it worked out really well uh, from that standpoint. But we're, uh, yeah, we're, we're about eight months into the the process. And um, now we've done all of our exteriors. We've done about 20 interior renovations. And now the focus is strictly on interior renovations, um, which is exciting because 
um, now people can drive by and look at the ivy at the gallery and, and be like, wow, this is, this has come a long way. Or this is a, like, I toured it this week, James. And I'm like, I told the property manager, like, I would live here. Like, this is <laughs> <Yeah>, so nice. <laughs> it really is. Um, and so that's, it's exciting that we build a community that, um, you know, we sort of set this property up for the next 20 years. Like it's, but a lot of the infrastructure has been done. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, the way you're looking at the, you know, value add is very important, right? It's not only like a cash machine or you're trying to make money out of the investment. You're trying to improve people's life, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, they are, there are a lot of people who are one high quality living condition. And especially when you do with that kind of passion, I mean, nature will help you, right? Because they're seeing somebody is trying to make a difference in, in people's life. And that's part of, capitalism because you know whoever come in and help others you know will get the benefit of it right so so that's how we we like to do our value adds as well so yep. good so that's really you know inspiring uh, story i mean after two years of following up with one person right so um you know it's a lot of hard work but you did all the textbook uh, approach right text blasting yes. cold calling and establishing relationship at the end you found one seller who likes you want to sell the deal to you i mean he of course there was some price changes and all that but at the end of the day he sold to you and at the end of the day you did some creative financing as well where you're able to get him to invest and now he become a, a loyal investor and and i think um, a lot of times people can see who's who's the hard work who's the guy who's doing the hard work and uh, who knows the asset management really right and you know your investors will appreciate that so do you have any uh, advice to newbie investors who are trying to start at this point of time? Yeah, I think it's it goes back. Uh, I feel like it's important to humble yourself to find a mentor, right? There's yeah, there's books and there's conferences. All those are great things to learn. But you know, my journey was accelerated because of my relationship with you. And you know, I know this is your podcast. I'm not trying to. You know, but ultimately underwriting, finding deals, building relationships, uh, how to get through, you know, um, you know, finding that capital stack, you know, those were all key components. Now, you know, I set up, you have this foundation, at least I have, you know, I have now the foundation. Now there's other programs, other masterminds and other communities and stuff that, you know, I'm able to, you know, find fruit from as well. Right. And so you just continue growing that way. But setting up that foundation for any newbie it's um it's important it's finding that mentor the other thing too it's the idea that you can do this with no money drives me crazy because i'm like it costs a lot of money like to one you got to pay for your mentor you know and some of these programs can be 40 dollars, so you got to have money to get into it right. uh, you've got to have money to you know pay for programs like CoStar or, um, you know, there's Red IQ. Out. I mean, you don't need those programs. It just makes it a lot easier, but in an in investor portal, et cetera, money to pay for your Zoom webinars and your podcast editing and, you know, the VA person who helps with, you know, a lot of that time uh, administrative efforts. Um, and and it, it, it takes a lot. And so, you just got to be, you know, sometimes you wonder, James, it's like, it, it could be even better just be a passive investor, you know, <laughs> sort of like the amount of money 
and then the work and then the ups and downs, the emotions of like, oh, it's like fishing. You found something, it's hooked on, and then somehow the fish got away and you're pissed off. You're like, damn it, I missed another fish, right? And it's part of this business too. So it's, um, you really got to go in and realize like, hey, this is, this is a long-term, this has got to be a long-term viewpoint. If you're going in and like, hey, I'm going to, you know, close my first deal year one, hopefully you do. Um, but it just, it, it's harder. Um, it's, it's harder than what I anticipated initially. Now the momentum's starting to pick up. We've added two employees. We have a director of brand and investor relations. Uh, and we also have a director of education, uh, investor education. Uh, and then we've got a, 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 a partner who helps us on the, um, on finding deals. Right. So, you know, he's, he's part of our company working through that. So, we've, we've spent a lot of money on our resources and our time and, and building that foundation to take care of our investors. But that, that foundation is set so that we, we can grow systematically and, and, um, in a positive direction. So, yeah, yeah, that's, that's really good. I mean, I know, I mean, uh, we talk about mentor and my coaching and all that, even though I'm no more doing that right now, I'm done. Right. So, because the amount of time I realized that I'm spending on my students is a lot more than, what I want to spend then I started it and and uh, you know I just realized that you know my, I need to focus my time on the right thing and and we are focused a lot more on development right now we, I would still love to do class B and C value add uh, if I can find the right basis uh, but you know time is very critical for me because I just can't do like once a week one hour each is what I thought right I spend right. a lot more hours because students call me to underwrite deals and I have to sit down and teach them and I, I'm a guy who want to teach a lot uh, because we don't really make money out of this mentoring, right? We probably make less than 1% of what we really earn total, right? So we are real estate investors and we make money from real estate transaction and doing value add. So, uh, but I really want to teach because I know a lot of people uh, want to come to a stage like what we are. And so that's why we started the mentoring. Uh, but I realized, uh, you know, uh, I'm giving up too much of my time, which I can focus on my other goals uh, in life. So, but fine, there's a lot of mentors out there. Just make sure the mentors are the one who's mentoring you. There's a lot of mentors out there. They talk on stage after that, after you pay the money, then they realize, oh, actually, you never really see the mentor, right? Once in a while, they come as a shadow and they go away and they have a lot of coaches under them. Or there's a lot of mentors who are not really operator, right? They are more of a money raiser, but they're doing mentorship, but they're very famous in Facebook. So they become mentors and they realize, hey, actually, it's easy to make money by educating, educating, right? risk-free profit, right? Because you don't really play. You don't have to worry about market cycle. You don't have to worry about signing on the loan. So a lot of people become educators, right? So uh, mentoring and education is a big business in real estate. And a lot of people do that, but it's also create a bad perception because a lot of them are not really truly real estate investors. No more anymore, right? So they probably were successful at one point of time, but Mentors are good and you really have to find the right mentors uh, who aligns with you, able to teach you the nuances, right? A lot of times it's not out there, right? I can do a thousand podcasts. I can write a lot of books, but the, the nuances of teaching, like, you know, when you hit some roadblock, when you call me and or, or my students call me, I can tell you one very specific thing, which doesn't exist in any books, right? So it's very hard to document that, right? So that's where... The mentors come handy, right? The, the, the tips and tricks to get to the fastest yeah. uh, solution. That's very important. So 
Do you want to talk about uh, how can our audience reach out to you? Yeah. So one of the things that we've been really working uh, hard on is educating our investors and people who are wanting to get into passive investing, but just don't know where to start. So we're starting a, a course, PassiveInvestorCoaching.com. Uh, that should launch uh, late April, May 2023. Uh, so check out that opportunity if you're looking at investing passively against PassiveInvestorCoaching.com. And then you can also uh, check out our website, CREIPartners.com. Um, and there, there's a lot of educational opportunities there, but also join our investor uh, community and uh, hopefully participate in future investments. So I uh, look forward to, you know, this podcast going out and I'm just grateful for the, the time you gave. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Love to have you and talk about your story because, you know, we're going to inspire at least one person out there. Right. And, and even if one person, uh, you know, are able to follow our footsteps, uh, that's itself a big win for us. So sure. thanks for joining me in this podcast. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you had tons of value to our audience and listeners. Thank you, Wayne. Thank you, James. That's it for this episode. If you'd like to learn even more, check out James's free audio book. It's the audio version of his best-selling book on passive investing. You can get the audiobook completely free, along with other valuable resources, by visiting www.achieveinvestmentgroup.com forward slash free audiobook. Also, be sure to join our Facebook group too. To find it, just do a Facebook search for Multifamily Investors Group. Thanks for listening. Join us again for another episode next week. See you then.